The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Hello everyone and welcome to The Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And this episode is a holiday special. Happy holiday. <laughs> yes, happy late Vesak. Yes, Vesak, which and we're going to spin it on we're going to put a spin on the holiday the, the holiday special episode because now it's Brian's turn to delve into his side of things with the the holiday he just mentioned but first yes um who are we who in the world are you uh, <laughs> um well obviously you guys are watching or maybe even listening because we have a lot of podcasters out there listening to our audio which is greatly appreciated um thank you Yes, thank you guys. And thank you for whoever's watching too, live and not live. Um, but we are the Baptist and the Buddhist, two twin brothers with vastly different faiths. And we are openly exploring them together in dialogue and in fun and exploration. So it's, and this is, these are pretty much live like real-time discussions we've never discussed any of these things before so you guys get the first fly on the wall view into the discussion so and you know one thing that i really like to see too is furthering the discussion with our audience so our listeners or and our viewers if you want to message us if you want to leave a public comment on youtube or wherever we're on all podcast platforms. We are, we are on YouTube. We're on social media galore. You can always just reach Instagram, out to Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Twitter, everything and anything. The TikToks. The TikToks. We're even buried in some of the weirdo places like Reddit. Like, wow. Oh, you're a redditor. Oh, great. Oh, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are redditors by technicalities because we're on there. But shoot we us have an, an e- account. Shoot us an email. Do we use it? Prob- no, we don't, but it's, it's there. It's there, and if you reach out to us, we will get notified or see it eventually. <laughs> um, or, or if you're old-fashioned, not too old-fashioned because we're not going there yet. Maybe never. But if you're old-fashioned, you can always reach out Baptist and Buddhist at gmail.com all one word no funny symbols no thes either no definite articles no definitely no definite articles so i know last holiday special we got to cover easter and then before that was our mega ultra holiday special with the winter holiday the winter holiday season finale it was great um, very festive it was awesome yeah, um, we don't have any jingle bells today. No, 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 no birthday whistles or whatever you call them, little things. <laughs> yeah, party buzzers. Party, party. Yeah, I don't even know what to call them. The unfurlers, because you unfurl the thing. That's just the like fancy. That. I gotta, I'm gonna move this away from the unfurling whirler. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Something like that. But, Brian, I saw a post a couple days ago, or uh, maybe three days ago now. I don't even remember when it was, to be honest. That you Monday. Were, that you wished the world a happy Vasic. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. So, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Man, that's, that's good. Yeah, so Monday was uh, Vesak, the biggest Buddhist holiday out there, pretty much, at least for the Theravada side of things. Um, 
beyond Theravada Buddhism, I'm not entirely sure how big it is, but um, it is. I've I've heard it described before as the the Christmas, the Easter, and the Thanksgiving of Buddhism all in one day. Um, Whoa, that's big. And yeah, so Vesuk is a holiday that celebrates the birth of the Buddha, the enlightenment of the Buddha, and the death of the Buddha, which I'll go into a little bit um, into the specifics about it, but uh, but it's a day to to celebrate and to remember those those moments of the Buddha's life um, and and really it's time and time again I've you know over the last week I've listened to a lot of different talks on Vesak because you know it just happened and everyone's talking about it in the Buddhist world and um, I've watched a lot of like live stream celebration things and and time and time again, the biggest emphasis in the talks that I've heard is, you know, really, well, it's kind of twofold. One, and, well, I say it's twofold, but it's actually one, one-fold with two sides, I don't know, two two sides of the same coin. So one is appreciation. You're, it's a day to, like, really appreciate the the Buddha's teachings and the Buddha teaching his teachings of, you know, it's, it's seen that the teachings are seen as this, this great gift uh, from the Buddha because in the, in the stories, the Buddha after his enlightenment is like, wow, no one's going to, no one's going to understand this. I'm not going to teach this. And in the stories, uh, Brahma comes down and is like, you know, you probably should teach this stuff to these humans because, like, this is pretty profound and very helpful. So why don't why don't you go do that? Um, and so he was reluctant at first. He was he was very reluctant. He's like, none none of this of what I've discovered like would make sense. Like, there's no point. Um, and then you know he had a moment of realization, like, oh wait, like this could potentially be extremely beneficial to sentient beings. So he, so so we see it as you know as this this great gift, this great opportunity um, to, you know, it's what he taught is a is is a, a path of relinquishing ourselves from that which causes us dukkha or suffering um and and so we we use vesuk as a day of of appreciation of and cultivating a kind of i the, the best word is appreciation really like you so on the, uh, the 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 other side of that same coin is, you use this day to deepen your practice, um, and the, the the traditions vary from country to country, um, and tradition to tradition. Um, so there's a lot like I listen to one <clears throat> one monk talking about how it's celebrated in Sri Lanka and they it's a huge huge celebration very colorful and lively of they make lanterns um you know there's a lot of music and uh, apparently even like theatrical interpretations of the Jataka tales which are the tales of the Buddha's past lives a lot of times as animals and whatnot so I'm I'm guessing there's probably some great costumes, great m- masks and dancing, and also giving away of of food. There's, I guess, there's these huge Vesak events in Sri Lanka where they'll even like shut the streets down, and like just give out food, um, which is wow. such a Buddhist thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
and so you can see it's in many countries it's very very colorful and lively and it's a big joyous event uh and in india i think i think it's a it's you know it's a celebration a large celebration in india as well um people gathering in temples uh, a lot of traditions have a uh bathing the baby buddha statue uh ceremony where they'll place a statue of the baby buddha in a uh, in a basin and you know ladle water and probably fragrant tea over the over the statue hmm. um kind of as a sign of appreciation and um a lot of times you know physical offerings whether it be flowers or incense or candles or whatever uh or food is used um kind of as a i, I don't want to say superficial means but like a, a physical activity to help kind of cultivate this this generosity and this uh this appreciation and so you see a lot a lot of that and there's a baby baby buddha statue behind me um still up there from Vesak. um so it's there's a lot of different you know varying traditions and but for me and for many buddhist practitioners the the go-to way of 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 celebrating and observing and uh, Vesak is the it's basically the same thing one would do if you were to observe uh, Uposata which is you know observing the eight precepts so it's not as f fun and festive it's like party ooh, it's I, I will refrain from you know from eating afternoon and from entertainment and I will deepen my practice spend a lot of time meditating a lot of time you know reading the suttas or listening to dhamma talks uh and it's and as i said like that vesak is used as a, a day to like really appreciate the dhamma appreciate the buddhist teachings and really just like you know dig into it and kind of like revitalize your your practice revitalize your you know your your what what you what do you call it you're kind of rededicate yourself like yeah this right. is it's a great day to kind of refocus and uh recenter i guess and that's uh, Uposita days are generally used like that too, but Vesak is a, this really big, this really big um, Uposita day. So it's hmm. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you talking about um, like kind of revitalizing and like re-energizing you. Um, it, for some reason, it reminds me of like in the Christian circles, there are people in the church we call C and E Christians. It's like C and E Christians. What are those? It's like they're like the people that only go to church on Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Um, so maybe it revitalizes and re-energizes them, but, um, like that's the only time they'll see the inside of a church for whatever reason they think they have to go on those holidays. But like, it's, it kind of shows that those holidays are like a, a special time or like a special reminder for those that maybe they don't go regularly, but they'll, it, for some reason it reminds them or re re vitalizes their, their, uh, their thought on that, on the, on the faith. It's like, oh, I got to go to church or 
Jesus won't love me or something. Or like, I want to make sure I get my check marks off or it's like, Oh, maybe I should go back. Like maybe I should check it out again. So that just reminded me of that. And I thought I would chime in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think holidays, especially if like very religious, uh, origin, um, is generally used as a as you know a a way of uh of revitalization revitalizing your faith or your or your practice or your dedication um and it's you know it's kind of like <laughs> kind of like a pep rally or something <laughs> uh kind of makes you you know reminds you of what was important and joyous about that about the practice or the faith yeah at at my church um, a lot of times people will describe midweek midweek services like that like oh you know a, a number of people not everyone from sunday morning but a number of people will come to the wednesday night service or bible study or whatever you call it and they're they're like oh it's an it's an escape from the craziness of the world and it's like a it's a nice spiritual break to like just come back together and it it's it's kind of like a pep rally like like we're we still got your back we're not like you're not in this alone or something like that like through the week so yeah pep rally definitely <laughs> Yeah, or I guess that's what revivals are for, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, in Baptist <laughs> circles especially, you see a lot of revivals. And uh, <laughs> usually, I mean, that can come in many forms. <laughs> but from my experience, we've, we'll just you know go through maybe a, like half a week or a week of just preaching every night and hearing people preach, or maybe there's music involved. Um, I know a lot of times there will be tent revivals especially like in like the south or more in the center of the bible belt there'll be tent revivals and you just try to pack the tent and tons of people show up and it's uh, yeah it's like a those are really like pep rallies uh especially if you're in a tent you know it's going to be a good time but <laughs> i don't think i've ever experienced a tent revival <laughs> I can't say that I have, but um I I was I was gonna bring up uh a holiday as well. because um, I'm like, oh man, Brian's gonna talk about Vasic. Like I have nothing to talk about for this holiday time because you know, we've been through Easter. Christmas is long gone, like we're right in the middle of almost in the middle of Christmas, um, from now and then. So like it's like Oh, like, I don't think I can compare this to anything Christian, but I did find some interesting stuff. I won't go into a ton of detail because it's not really from my circles, but um, around, I think it was probably this week or last week, the, a lot of Catholic churches would celebrate um, the Ascension of Jesus, or they might call it Ascension Day, and it's, uh, I vaguely know what they do to celebrate it, but it's, you know, 40 days after Jesus, um, died and came from and rose from the grave. He spent 40 days on the earth, uh, basically teaching his disciples. I've heard people describe it as like just a 40 day long, like Bible study with Jesus. And, uh, and then at the end, he went on to the, up to the Mount of Olives and ascended into the clouds. And he said, I'll return in like manner. And, uh, the, his disciples were just staring up like what in the world? And, you know, he promised to send his spirit as a comforter. And then some angels showed up and like, Hey, stop, like, stop just staring into the clouds. You have work to do. Um, and apparently Catholics celebrate the Ascension. Um, a lot of times they'll do, they might do like a kind of like a 
parade or something with banners and stuff like representing Jesus's ascension into heaven. Hmm. Um, some people, some countries will, they'll run around in the streets, uh, quote unquote, chasing demons, um, or like whipping demons or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, um, that was the only like holiday closely related to this time frame that I could find. So I wanted to pipe in with that eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Was it yesterday? Uh, the Jewish tradition celebrated a minor holiday called Log Bomer, and it's apparently it, it involves bonfires, and hmm. yeah. But the Ascension it, it reminds me of a Buddhist celebration that I think is usually referred to as the Festival of Miracles or something, hmm. and it's. Uh, I know the Tibetan tradition celebrates it. I don't know much about the other traditions, but it's it celebrates uh, after the Buddha's enlightenment. He he had ascended into one of the deva realms, the Tushita heaven, and and for three months I think he taught the Dharma up to the devas, and including one of which was his mother who passed away in childbirth had been reborn in into this realm and so he went up there for three three months and taught to the devas and then came back down hmm. uh so that, i thought i thought that was interesting yeah um that kind of reminds me because um in that in that story he goes up and then comes back down um one thing that I've always been taught and that I've studied in the Bible with, with Jesus's ascension, um, it, there's kind of a weird passage when he, like right after he um, rises up from the dead, um, I think it was Mary finds him. And he's like, hey, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended. Like, I, I like, I'm not like, don't touch me because like, I, I'm basically like, too clean like i can't get like uh, in in purified or whatever the word i'm thinking of it's like i have not yet ascended but then like later you see people touching him and everyone's like well what what's that about it's kind of weird um and then when i was reading about ascension day they're like oh he finally ascends into heaven um to like basically like uh put put to rest our sins and like make peace for us all um but from from what i know, from what i understand and and have heard others teach as well like jesus rises from the dead and he's like in a purified state from the dead and he he's like hey i haven't ascended yet and like what was what is he talking about there but I'm pretty sure what happens is he ascends into heaven that day that he rises from the grave. And, you know, Mary's like, oh, I want to touch you. And he's like, don't touch me. Because he he needs to be, he needs to make himself what's called a first fruit offering. And uh, that used, that that term is, lar- largely comes from like the Jewish offerings. They would offer their first fruit. Um, and he was to offer himself as a first fruit. There's actually a feast of uh like a celebration of first fruits and he was like him ascending in in that state offering himself as the first fruit of sacrifice for the sins of everyone was he was that pure offering you know the offerings in the temple needed to be without blemish and pure and he ascended into heaven offered himself up as that first fruit on the on the in the holies of holies in the, in the heavens. And then he made his way back to earth after that. Cause he, it, um, every, every feast, every celebration, uh, in the, in the Jewish celebrations in the old Testament needed to be fulfilled. Um, and he fulfilled that, that prophetical, f- uh, feast and that prophetical Sabbath with, uh, 
with offering himself as the first fruits. Uh, and then he came back and then he, like, you know, Thomas was able to t- touch his hands and his sides and like, hey, this is me. I'm Jesus. And then Jesus could eat the fish and honeycomb with his disciples in the upper rooms or wherever he showed up to them. Um, and he could interact then with them. But there was that time he rose from the dead. He ascended as a first fruit offering into heaven. And then he came back down to teach for 40 days. And then he ascended in the showy, you know, in the clouds going up to show his disciples like, Hey, I'm leaving this way. I'm coming back this way. And, uh, and, you know, giving them the promise of the Holy spirit as the comforter for them. So just a interesting little side note that I, that I was reminded of from that. Yeah. Rabbit trail. Speaking of events, you know, in general, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> speaking um, of things <laughs> things I know what things are um, uh, yeah I had briefly mentioned the three ev- events that Vasek you know commemorates and I've, I know I've like delved into them a little bit before in the past um but you know the buddha's the buddha's birth uh a lot of people see vesak as like the buddha's birthday um you know kind mm-hmm. of like kind of like christmas i guess yeah um and some traditions even even state that the buddha was born on the full moon uh in the so vesak actually is the it comes from the name of the month that the full moon is that the full moon day that Vesic falls on takes place in which is like Vaisaka I think is the month name hmm, okay and so a lot of traditions will state that the Buddha was born on the full moon in in that month was enlightened and died in the same month on the on the full moon day um which is why it's you know, venerated and celebrated as it is, but, um, is that for, is that for real? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Vasek was also kind of formalized, uh, in 1950, I think in Sri Lanka with the world fellowship of Buddhists. Um, they came together and was like, okay, we will celebrate, these three events on on Vesak and it will be the full moon, you know, day in the in this month, which happens to be the month of May for us. So okay, interesting. Um, yeah, and because they went on a lunar calendar, um, so and like everything, I don't else know if, besides modern day. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we did get a a chat uh, or a message from BabDaisy3 on YouTube, and she did say that Ascension Day is May 26th this year. And I oh. do remember seeing that now. I think last year was May 14th or something like that, um, or like around that time. So thank you for that clarification, um, BabDaisy. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, now that... Now that it is mentioned, I remember seeing it on my calendar in my kitchen that Ascension Day is upcoming. Um, <laughs> and and my calendar actually had Vesak on it, and so I was kind of impressed. Well, I'm not surprised at that. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Buddhist. But I didn't make the calendar. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you could have. I could have. But. You usually write things on calendars too, so that's true. But to have Ascension Day, that's pretty cool too, that they have that in there. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of cool uh, religious holidays in that calendar. Hmm. But um, 
They even have Sakadawa, which is a Tibetan... Uh, it, it kind of feels like a Tibetan version of Vesak. Because they celebrate both three events. But it doesn't happen until June... The June full moon. So I don't know if it's just because the Tibetan calendar goes off of a different different timing. I know Vesak will fall on different days for different traditions, but it's always the full moon uh, in general. Whether, you know, the timing of the calendars are a little off, I'm not sure. Hmm. But um, we also had a lunar eclipse on the full moon. So that was That's pretty cool. I missed it because I fell asleep way too early, but you know, I did too, and then I got up, and I saw, like, on, like, I got up sometime in the middle of the night, and I saw on my phone, someone's like, hey, the lunar, like, wow, that eclipse is awesome, and he's like, oh, ten minutes ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, I missed it. I probably could have seen a little bit of it, but, yeah, I didn't. But, yeah, the, the, <clears throat> the reason why these three events are celebrated on Vesak and kind of exemplified as the most important days of Buddhism. Um, one, you know, the Buddha was born. That's pretty important. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, he is said to be reborn into his, his final, his final human rebirth, really his final rebirth in general, hmm. um, because of the way Nibbana works. But, <clears throat> and the stories of his birth are like are are pretty fun are are pretty cool um it's it's said that he was born f- from the side of his mother and at, when he was born he took seven steps and in his foot where his feet had touched the ground lotuses bloomed and he lifted his finger to the sky which is why the the statue actually has him pointing up Um, And he proclaimed that this is my final birth, you know, and it's, it's pretty fantastical. Um, Probably, (laughs) probably not to be taken literally, uh, but who knows, maybe. Um, And, you know, in the stories as well, like Deva's had, had come around to see this because everyone knew this is, this is something special. And it, 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 I was listening to a talk, and you know, the the mythics of the story aside, a, a Buddha like is something like pretty spectacular that you don't need a walking, talking newborn baby to to be impressed by, <laughs> uh, uh, because you know a a Buddha or like a Samasambuddha, which was, you know, the the Buddha wasn't taught this this you know path to awakening. It was something he had kind of rediscovered. It's a, it's a natural an, a natural part of existence that can that can be accessed, and uh, and in this talk this monk was asked like are you know is is a buddha unnatural like you know it seems like kind of an accident or a mistake that like someone discovered this cheat code to life or something like a glitch in the matrix yeah and he's he's like he said no it's it's not unnatural it's and i don't know if he used this word but it's, it's almost expected or inevitable like hmm. Every every once in a while, in a in an uncountable, you know, past and an un, unmeasurable future, like people are going to just kind of by by odds, someone's going to discover this method of releasing oneself from suffering, and that's kind of what the the Buddha is. I mean, you know, the Buddha's the Buddha in a way isn't isn't special because he was exactly like we were like he was a human being who's like who's who just got really curious you know really curious and really serious about suffering and 
And he's not special because we all have this uh, this potential, this ability. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 state we're in now, the Buddha once was in. Like our level of uncertainty, our level of attachments. Um, not to say he isn't special. It's like wow, it's pretty special that you know he was able to share these teachings, but. Um, it's not out of the ordinary, I should say. Okay. So there's, there's, there's a legal, um, there's a legal concept to that. There's a term called inevitable discovery. And it, mm. it apparently, it, it especially, um, applies to like procedural law with law enforcement. So when they, when, when they search something, they, without, probable cause they usually have to have a search warrant or something and if they find something new like wow what's this bag of drugs doing in this car seat like in this in the front passenger seat um and they might not have to have a search warrant for that or probable cause because of inevitable discovery like well we were inevitably going to discover that when we were talking to him through his window or something like that um i'm not a i'm not a lawyer but i know my way around some law but um (laughs) It reminded me of that, like inevitable discovery. It's not a glitch in the matrix. Like we didn't need a cheat code or a hack code or a search warrant. Like it was uh, inevitable. Like it was going to be stumbled upon because it's yeah. right there. Like someone's going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Inevitable discovery. That's yep. kind of what it is. Exactly. Um, it's not like total, I, you know, I wouldn't say it would it's immediately obvious, you know, inevitably like oh, of course, but it's uh be, because you know, in from a Buddhist perspective, we are so entangled in our in our cravings and everything that like it's pretty difficult to see that in unless you're really looking for it, which is what's, what's so rare about the Buddha is that he, he w- he was able to, you know, look through all that stuff and realize, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a way to disentangle ourselves from this. And it's not through ritual. It's not through belief. It's, you know, it's through, a, you know, a certain level of like relinquishment. Um, and real and realization in a way but and that's what you know the second the second event that Vesak touches on is his enlightenment which is arguably probably the most important part uh it's you know he he sits under the the bodhi tree and you know he's he he makes a you know a vow like i'm not going to get up until i actually finally realize this truth and like and release myself from suffering and and that's what that's what he did and you know there's very dramatic stories on you know mara the the tempter the kind of the 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 devil of buddhism uh tempting him and threatening him um and this is all this can all be seen as what takes place in our mind uh you know temptation will arise and the buddha when he sees mara is like ah i see you mara uh (laughs) i know what you're doing um and and these these great stories of you know mara sending armies and and you know the arrows that his army shoots at the buddha turns into flowers and very beautiful dramatic imagery for something that happens you know within and and the moment of enlightenment you know it's it's the moment that i i would argue that basic really is celebrating and appreciating um and you know the buddha went on for like 40 some years teaching across across the continent or the subcontinent um and thus comes to the third the third event his death uh his death is 
is important not because it was dramatic um it was quite undramatic really um when you read the stories he inconsequentially gets some sort of food poisoning and uh he sees all of it coming like he knows like oh these this this alms food that this you know devout lay person is giving to me is gonna kill me um no fault to the person they just didn't know it was bad um and in fact that person it he he praised that person you know for you know such generosity and you know i think kind of in a way to like take mis misdirected blame off of them or something but um and he's like okay i'm you know i'm i'm gonna die i'm gonna die soon so uh you know so he 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 lays down in a in a grove of solid trees and gives one last talk and it's important because it's not only known as his like the moment of his death it's the moment of uh parinibbana his final relinquishment um because he's you know he's still in a human form although he's enlightened and liberated from suffering but like that's his final human form and afterwards he's completely completely liberated completely relinquished or as nibbana means extinguished the all of the all of the fuel of suffering and craving has finally been used up which includes the physical body so it's like okay physical body's gone like liberation and so that's celebrated obviously um because it's a very important moment and it's at his at his death he says you know that his disciples ask who's gonna be who's gonna lead the sangha now who's gonna be the leader of this movement he says there's you don't need a, a leader you have the dhamma so let the dhamma lead you and it's it's a great uh i think it's a great system he set up and it's one of the oldest like community i almost see it as a as a uh as an intentional community you know the monastic sangha the the lay people it's very intentional uh gives off intentional community vibes and it's a community that that really comes together and is upheld for a very specific reason and um it's arguably one of the oldest such uh you know structures or communities it's been around for 2500 years um i think that i think jainism beat them out by like 5 years um but but yeah it's it's the the buddha left a a, a very a very solid structure to continue the teachings which will eventually you know disintegrate and disappear like all things but it's lasted this long and it's inevitably discovered right <laughs> <laughs> and it you know it will inevitably be discovered far into the future when all all remnants of buddhism has long been forgotten um there will be another buddha another person who inevitably discovers it by their own means and hmm. very very interesting uh, my one of my questions was going to be when like when it's when is it determined to celebrate it? But you already answered that question. So, like, why that day or this this day or when? What day? But you answered that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it it does really depend on the tradition as well. Um, I I was looking at the dates, um, and 
by by nation and by tradition it's it varies somewhat but so did you do anything specific to celebrate besides watch live stream things and stuff <laughs> yeah i observed the eight precepts for 24 hours uh, so the five main lay precepts and the 24 hour vows of not eating after noon which it, it's not that hard but um, <laughs> it's just intermittent fasting really but um right. and refraining from entertainment which nowadays like the the suttas say like you know refraining from watching shows and it's like ah, i see that i see what you did because uh, <laughs> it's not talking about TV shows, but, um, but you know, I apply it also. I applied it also to, to social media for the most part, um, and also refraining from adorning oneself with, uh, or beautifying oneself with adornments. You don't have to worry about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're uh, really good looking because we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> and and also refraining from luxurious furniture. Oh, that's um, right. Which I don't have any in my house, so... <laughs> Nothing's luxurious. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, a lot of people are it's like, oh my gosh, it must be so hard, you know? Like, don't think about food. And it's like... Uh, but... Really, you're yeah. not like I was. I was reflecting on this earlier this week that you're not refraining from doing from doing things. You're because you know at the same time you're like focusing on your meditation practice and you know studying the Dhamma, reading suttas, or listening to Dhamma talks. Like instead of watching shows caring about my appearance While you know eating food yeah. <laughs> you know uh, lolling about uh i'm like i'm not focused on not doing those things i'm focused on the dhamma and so everything else just you know it's like it's it, it kind of sometimes happens as well like if i'm playing music which you know, I, I, I refrain from doing so on basic, but if I'm playing music, I can forget to eat for, for like a very, very long time Yeah. while like making music or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm just sitting on the floor in a corner playing my guitar and forget to sit on luxurious furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, that reminds me of a, of a it's like my legs are cramping. <laughs> That's that's very true. That's that has happened to me, um, especially like in an awkward position playing guitar and like your arm gets really sore in that position or something. Oh yeah. But that reminds me of a comment we had on YouTube from our last episode about fasting. <clears throat> our listener, his name is Hugh. Um, he said, "The last time I fasted, I was trying to think through an important decision, and so I wanted to pray and fast about it." <clears throat> Um, but I was so busy with work that day that I barely had any time to sit down and pray, which was the whole reason I was fasting. So I was just hungry and thirsty for no reason. <laughs> uh, so I, I appreciate that comment, Hugh. Um, he's He happens to be one of my good friends. Um, and that I can see him doing that. Um, but, you know, fasting is not in vain, even if you don't pray. Because remember... Prayer, especially in a biblical context, is more of a kind of a never-ending mindset. It's not always a verbal communication in word. So even like you, he obviously had something on his heart, something kind of burdening him. So um, even through fasting and prayer, even if you're not consciously thinking about it, um, uh, I mean, it's still it's still a prayer that's heard. And, you know, he was working and 
barely had time to do anything, so I don't blame him. I mean, he probably didn't even have time to eat that day, so it's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> he just accidentally fasted. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, yeah, also on, on VASIC, um, it's, it's just a fascinating time, like, to intentionally refrain from things we always do on a daily basis and just kind of from a like meditative standpoint you can watch these habituations arise in your mind without really without really trying because and this happens this happened uh <clears throat> the aposita before Vesic, the I think it was the new moon aposita. Like I'm just like driving in my car and start like I just randomly start singing a song and I'm like whoa 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 refrain from music like <laughs> it's like how like how <laughs> just instinctual that was just song and and mm. it, and. Uh, which what's interesting is like and I also like catch myself it's so interesting watching how ingrained the habit of social media is too because mm-hmm. you're just going along oh phone Facebook Instagram and it's, <laughs> it's like really Whoa, what a am mechanical I doing? process like yeah. your body knows the process of grabbing the phone and like which finger is going to hit what part of the screen Without yeah. even looking, it's scary. Every now and then, I like to change up where my social media apps are on my phone. Like, I'll just create a folder or something and move it onto the third page just to throw myself off. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, click, oh, why did I Why did I open that app? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's where <laughs> Facebook was. Uh. <laughs> I've, I have, I've actually had um, very little... Um, social media apps installed on my phone for a very long time. Today was actually the first day I reinstalled Facebook, and it was it was so I could post a GIF on something. And because like the web, I still had the web version on my phone. It's not like I was like fasting from Facebook or anything. But um, <laughs> uh, so now I'm gonna I probably have to get used to going into the app now instead of like going into the website. But yeah, it is scary how like how habitual is a good word. Like it's so out of habit. Like sometimes I see people just like it's out of habit to be on their phone, but they don't even know what they're doing. They're just like, oh, what do I do? Like they're almost like nervous. Like well, I don't have anything to do. Like I just I guess I'll just look through my settings. And like I watch them just scroll through their settings, or like I wonder what's on my like quick launch page. Oh, cool. Okay, like it's it's kind of yeah. scary how much of it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Habit, not even habit, like an addiction sometimes too. Yeah, I'll go through phases where I will delete Facebook and Instagram from my phone. Right now, I've deleted Reddit, of <coughs> and Redditor. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's interesting, and I've heard I've heard some meditation teachers talk about this as well, where you know you you take you take it all off your phone and all of a sudden you find yourself habitually checking the weather. <laughs> Just like, what is there to do? What is there like new input to, to see? Ooh, the weather. Uh, I know some people that love checking the weather and announcing it too. So <laughs> if only it plays smooth jazz, but uh, that's, uh, what, that's what all the music apps are for. All on a second, I gotta pull up my jazz playlist, and then I could check the weather. <laughs> Siri, play smooth jazz and open the Weather Channel app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a uh, macro or some kind of shortcut to do both at the same time. Yeah, Siri can do that. Siri can do anything. <laughs> but but yeah, it was really interesting. Um, because one, like you know, I find myself randomly singing and checking my phone and and you know catching myself doing that two i didn't really do that with food a lot like there were there's some times where it's like like where 
your your mind is just like looking forward to the next like sensory experience like ooh food and yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like no we're not doing that today remember um <laughs> but it's it's really interesting what you can do in a day without these distractions because mm. like when i wasn't you know meditating or reading a dhamma book I was just cleaning my house. <laughs> yep. And I cleaned so much. I re, like, re, uh, reorganized the whole room. I did a bunch of, a bunch of cleaning. And I was like, wow, this is what it's like when you're not just like eating constantly or on Facebook constantly. Like, yes, yeah, it's forgotten art. Yeah. And it's, then <clears throat> when you experience it more you realize how beneficial it is to have these like days of and it is like getting away from the you know the madness of the world like especially the the opasita days in in buddhism where you are like kind of not closing yourself off from the world but um in in buddhism there's this really there's this emphasis on the importance of seclusion and it's not just physical seclusion. It's also like mental seclusion. So yeah, you want to go off somewhere quiet away from people for a little bit to practice, but also like just kind of an atmospheric seclusion of, you know, no, no music today, you know, let's moderate our eating today. And, and and see what happens. And by um, doing so, by closing yourself off from those things, it almost opens you up to a whole nother world. Yeah, and it's interesting. In a sutta study group that I'm a part of, we just read the sutta that talks about two kinds of thoughts, and like the Buddha breaks his his thoughts into wholesome and unwholesome, skillful and unskillful. And there was one, there was one line that like really, that really had me interesting, interested because he said, like, if you spend a day, if you spend a night, if you spend a day or a night on like un, unskillful things, like that's, you know, that's okay. But longer periods, like you're just going to strain your mind. You're just going to strain you're just going to tire your body and then the next one he's like skillful thoughts if you spend a day if you spend a night if you spend a day and a night that's okay but any longer you're straining your mind you're wearing down your body and he talks like he's like thinking too much overthinking is tiresome it's and it's so true and and he, he says, like you know, give your uh, give you give your awareness a, a place to concentrate and and basically rest. Um, I mean, everyone knows if you overthink something or if, if you worry about something for too long, you're gonna end up feeling like exhausted. And someone in the in the group is like, I I get energy when I when I'm like, you know, thinking through a. a a thing that I'm like really excited about and I'm reflecting on it like in the moment you might have energy but I I know of times where I was just like really excited about something like can't wait to get this or go there or whatever and like I take a a, a, a moment in in that excitement like wow this is exhausting <laughs> like maybe I should cool it, you know, maybe I should, you know, give myself some mental seclusion and rest a little. Hmm. Yeah. The Bible says much study uh, is weariness to the flesh. So just like that constant thinking and processing and almost an overstimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Overstimulation is perfect. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I always think I always have the image of when in Buddhism when it talks about like 
you know, giving yourself a meditation object where you can rest your awareness and, uh, and even in some translations of, of samadhi, of this, of, of concentration, it, some people translate it as calm abiding. It's, you know, your, your, your awareness is abiding calmly. And I always, in my mind, I always think of, a, your mind is like a parakeet in a cage, flying and flying and flying without a place to land. And then you just stick a little perch in there and it finally has a place to settle. And, and all its feathers, you know, are just floating down and slowly, it's like a snow globe too. Um, your mind is always agitated until, you know, finally you can, you know, you start meditating and it's like nothing's happening. Everything's still so, it's still such a flurry. Um, but it's slowly settling and, and after a while you can, you, you can have that mental agitation settle. And I think that's what a lot of people conflate with the, oh, I got to clear my mind of thoughts. Like it's, you can't force it. You have to, you know, have that mental perch for your, for your awareness and let things passive, like passively let things settle. But yeah, that's a good, uh, and I'm guessing that's a, a really big part of the whole celebration aspect, you know, why you weren't sitting on a couch eating, watching shows, like, <laughs> is to have that settled down. And, um, I mean, much like any other holidays, like, it's not so much as like that day is for it, it's just like a excellent reminder maybe a refresher like oh maybe you need to get off to a clean start and like read like retry this again yeah um, like rededicate I was kind of, yourself like i was talking about the C and E christians um it could be much of that situation not so much as like oh i gotta go but like maybe i should give this another shot <laughs> so yeah that's very that's a very good aspect of that yeah i appreciate that is there anything else you'd like to touch on regarding VASIC or any other holidays around this time of year? I don't know. It's not that I can think of. Okay. Okay. Well, I'd really do appreciate people, uh, all of you listening and watching. Um, thank you, Bab Daisy, for giving us that tidbit of information that was actually really helpful um and it helped uh helped me at least be aware that it has not happened yet so there's still time (laughs) (laughs) um and then comments like hugh made last last episode we might not necessarily have gotten that on while we were on air because i think that was a post uh post uh, recording comment but we do want to see your comments even after the fact because we will tie it in somehow because we always somehow tie things together all the time um <laughs> just like today's episode fit perfectly with hugh's comment so feel free to drop us a line comment um send us like a voice clip we might play that on air or something um you never know uh, maybe even the video a, reaction are those still a thing i'm sure they are somewhere um, maybe on like a, like a live Twitch or something. I don't know. <laughs> TikTok. <clears throat> TikTok is the thing now. I almost said vines for some reason. That was short lived glory. <laughs> wow. That shows my technological age. <laughs> some people might not even know what I'm talking about. Vines. What in the world is that? Yeah. I see them on, on Instagram every once. I have not gotten into TikTok that much yet, but Instagram don't I'll see. There. No, I don't, don't want. I I'm too scared. <clears throat> but to me, it's talking about it. compulsive scrolling. <laughs> That's. <laughs> uh, well, Instagram has that stuff. Has like the reels and stuff too. So like they're trying to get in on that ad- addictive scrolling 
watching shows, watching the shows or something, whatever, whatever the uh, terminology you had. Yeah. <laughs> watching shows. Um, but yeah, please reach out to us, guys, if you if you want. You don't have to. If you don't like what we're talking about, tell us anyways. Um, or if you have anything else that you want us to talk about that we have not yet. We've scratched the surface on a lot of topics, and we will deep dive if you want us to. You don't think we haven't started deep dive? Huh? Don't make us. This stuff, you know, that stuff's, you know, that's, this is, it's all baby toys. Like, we're, let's, if you really want us to deep dive, we'll deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm warning you. <laughs> uh, I mean, we have tons of, tons of fun topics coming up. I don't even know what next time is going to be but it's going to be it's going to be fun yeah it's going to be an amazing amazing topic we just don't know what it is lined up it has we have good stuff lined up for that one for that episode (laughs) just tune in and you will find out it's going to be amazing guys (laughs) after the show we'll talk about what we're going to talk about yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so with that, guys, thank you so much for listening, viewing. Uh, thank you so much for the participation you guys have brought uh, on show. And hey, maybe one day we'll have other people on the show as well. You never know. Um, and in the future, too. Um, I don't know how long the season's going to go, but there are some cool stuff lined up. Um, so be prepared for more fun, awesome, cool stuff. Things that we do know about, actually. Yes. <laughs> there are some things that we know about. Yes. And we do know just, what some things are. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So with that, um, happy VASIC. Or how do, you, how do you wish someone well on that, on that holiday? Happy VASIC. Okay. Happy number 2,566th VASIC. You're counting, huh? <laughs> no, that's just what all the little memes have said. Oh, gotcha. Little Instagram posts. Okay, that's helpful. And happy Ascension Day as well if we don't hear back from you guys on the 26th of May. And Yeah, happy I, Ascension Day. Yep. Oh, and then I think later this month, like a week after... Ascension Day, or a little after, is actually the ascension of uh, Bahu Allah from the Baha'i tradition. So oh, wow. a lot of ascending happening. Yeah, no kidding. It must be a, the ascension season. <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, on that note, take care, everybody. Thank you for watching. This has been, or and listening, this has been The Baptist and The Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And we will see you next time.